for the God. I'm asking you to anoint his lips, Lord God. Lord God, I realize the word is already anointed. But Lord, I ask you to anoint him, Lord God, as he brings forth the word, Lord, that people will get healed, people will get delivered, people will get set free, Lord, that the word will go out with power, that the word will go out with healing, that the word will go out with deliverance, Lord God, in the name of you, not only in this church, but in the airways, Lord, because I know there's no distance in prayer, Lord. Lord, as he stands as the man of God, Father God, straighten him right now. From the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, we command his body to line up with the word of God. Somebody say, I speak straight right now. I speak straight over the pastor. I speak straight over his companion. I speak straight over his ministry. I speak straight over his home. I speak straight over his family. In, hey, in the name of Jesus, I speak the word that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. In the name of Jesus, for the God, I plead the blood of Jesus over him. I plead the word of God over him. I plead the name of Jesus over him. For the God, somebody say, have your way. Have your way over the man of God. In Jesus' name. Glory. Hey, Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Good morning, saints. Good morning, Zion Hill. Good morning to our online viewers. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Minister Clarence Smith, and I'll be leading up to the throne of grace. Oh, God. You all, we thank God for Pastor William, for him opening up in prayer. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Psalms 100. And four say, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his court with praises. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. And if we look a little bit further, it says we all have something to thank God for. We all have something to thank God for. I had two deaths in my family this weekend of two weeks ago. Young people, young people. You all, time is winding down. Time is winding down. Lord God, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Abba, Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to wake up this morning to brand new mercies, to sufficient grace, Lord God. We thank you for your holy angels you've given charge over thee. We thank you, Lord God, for the hedge of protection you have placed over us, Lord God. We thank you for your holy and your divine presence. We thank you for the doors of the church is open, Lord God, when so many doors are still closed. We thank you for the under-shepherd. We thank you for the angel of the house, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for every family that's represented here this morning, Lord God. We pray and ask that you will bless them with the blessings you see they stand in need of, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Do a fresh thing. Do a new thing. For your word say you're doing a new thing. So have your way, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do. Heal, deliver, and set free. Amen. Let the people of God make some noise this morning as we celebrate Jesus. Come on, stand on your feet and clap your hands like this. Yeah. says, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad he did. Y'all help us sing it. I don't know why, I don't know why Jesus, Jesus loves me. 
celebrate Jesus. Tell somebody, say, he's on the main line. So tell him what you want. Everybody clap your hands. So say, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Somebody help me sing, sing, Jesus is on the main Five. 
I said, call him up now. Try. Tell him what you want. Good morning, Zion here. And to all of you who are live streaming with us. Truly, God is a good God. He has blessed us with the opportunity to be found in his prayer house. Amen to that. I stand just for a moment to invite you all to our Oktoberfest, which will be held on the 31st of October. We're asking that you all participate with us. We're asking 
that you register your trunk, whether it be a SUV, a car, a truck, out in the foyer. We had a very wonderful time on last year. And because we called him up, he's enabling us to be here on this year. Last year, we had just come out of COVID, and so sort of limited. But this year, we're going to be even better. We're offering more food. Some of the things that were not there last year are back this year, like the fish. Yay. We need volunteers to help us to get all of that together. We're going to have a pumpkin contest for the children. And we're going to get prizes for that. And we're going to get prizes for the best trunk of treat. So we are excited about it. We know y'all are too. We want you to invite your friends, your family, your loved ones, even your enemies. Tell them to come on out. And we are going to celebrate God on October Halloween night. But we are the children of God. And I don't know about y'all, but I can't help but call him up. So I look forward to seeing you, all of you who hadn't volunteered for anything this year. We want y'all to go out there and sign y'all name up, okay? All right. I only had one minute. I went over a little bit one minute, but God bless all of you. We look forward to seeing you. Don't forget, the table is out there. Sign up. Praise the Lord. Praise it's time for us to honor God with our giving. We are grateful for the opportunity to give. The Bible said concerning some group of people, they wanted to give, but they had no opportunity. We are grateful that that is not our story. I do want to encourage all of you to take advantage of the opportunity to give. If you want God to bless you financially in the spirit, basically there are two ways to really do it. In the spirit, it's called giving. That's how you're going to be blessed. Plain and simple. It's called sowing. That's how you're going to be blessed. Don't matter what page of the Bible you read, that's the bottom line. So, as long as the earth remains, the Bible says, there will always be seed time. And what's the next thing? Well, please don't expect harvest when you have not been obedient to seed time. So please, don't do that. Uh, the people in this church, you're blessed, you're smart, you're not just religious, you believe the word of God. So if you don't see harvest in your life, all you need to do is double up on your seed. That's right, somebody got it right. 
That's how simple to be blessed. In the natural, how do you get blessed? It's very simple. You solve problems. Unfortunately, you and I, we have been brainwashed. Guess what we were trained to do? Get a job. You can never be rich working on a job. No employer in their right mind will pay you enough to be rich. They will pay you enough just to come back. All right? So, now what troubles my soul, ladies and gentlemen, is that many of us, we are praying for financial blessing, but we are not doing what we need to do to be blessed. Both in the natural and in the spirit. So my assignment is to change your thinking and to see that God is faithful to his word. I am biased, I will admit, that because because we have been programmed to think, get a job, get a job, get a job. So it's difficult for some of us to find solution to problems. So we don't think that way. We're not programmed. The computer is not programmed to think that way. So therefore, my bias that I lean on God. And I get a simple solution to simply sow and you get harvest. He was so clear about it. He said, test me. <laughs> I got that one. <laughs> there are many things I don't get, but I got that one. I have a question for all of us. When was the last time you give God a test? Many of you cannot remember the date. You cannot remember the time. Well, if you don't even remember when you gave the test, how are you going to remember the result of the test? So I just want to encourage you. We don't have to join the rat race. We need the blessing of Almighty God. And this morning, I'm going to give you opportunity as I'm giving my own sin. Amen. I remember coming to church one day, and I was doing something called love offering. And bless God, I was able to give $5. And I said a prayer. I said, Lord, I do not want to die at this level. Say, show me the secret, the mystery of financial prosperity. And he made it clear to me it doesn't come by prayer. Prayer is exercise of your faith, but faith without work is dead. So I learned to put my faith to work. How do you do that? Find a soil and sow. Even farmers who are not Christian understand that. <laughs> we got two farmers in this church, in case you don't know. If you don't believe your pastor, 
talk to them. All right? Uh, one of our deacons, Deacon Harris Burrell, is a farmer. Then we have another brother that lives in Kinder. What's his name? Pete. Brother Pete is a farmer. That's what they do for a living. Just call them up and say, Brother, I heard one lie from the preacher. And I asked them, Can I get harvest without seed in the ground? And wait for the answer. It will blow your mind. Every year before they sow, they call me. Pastor, I'm fixing to sow. Put some seed on the ground. They will even describe the seed for me. And when it's time for harvest, they'll call me again. I'm fixing to cut my rice. And I say, how are we looking? Oh, Pastor, I'm looking good. Don't take much to be blessed financially. What are some grounds that we need you to give today? Number one, your tithes. The Bible says you cannot rob God. He knows when you and me are not tight. All right? Number two, your substance. Your tithe is different from your offering. He said, honor the Lord with thy substance. Many of you skip that page. <laughs> and then you call the preacher. Preacher, please pray for me, my finance. And I'm thinking, ah, there comes another one who, who refused to sow. And every now and then, the Holy Spirit will set me free to confront you and say, I love you enough to tell you, don't stay in that place. If you honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thy increase, you see, your bonds will be filled with plenty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say plenty. Say like you mean it. That is my prayer for every member of this church. In the spirit, we are living the land of plenty. And the Bible says all you need to do, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, be willing. Don't say you're okay. You are not how do I know you not? The whole state is struggling. How do I know I have access to your leaders? <laughs> They'll be honest with If we don't have the federal government to support us as a state, Houston will go problem. You need to find out how much Uncle Sam gives to the state of Louisiana on each dollar. So I know both in the natural and in the spirit, we need help. And God has shown us the way to get out of the rat race. I encourage you to please 
you're bleeding. The Bible says your skin will bust out. That's right. New wine. Sometimes I'll be reading the Bible and I'll be shaking because it is so simple. You almost, it, 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 the Bible says it takes a fool to miss it. And I don't want to be a fool. Let's obey God. All minds clear? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity to give. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Work on us. There are some inventors here. There are some problem solvers here. Lord, give us uncommon idea. Open the gates of heaven. Pour out your blessing. We need a testimony in this house. We thank you for plenty. We thank you for increase. We thank you for overflow. Overflow. David said it, my cup run it over. Bring that anointing to this house. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come. Let's walk in obedience. I'll see you at the top. How you doing, son? I love you. Jesus, because 
raging when the storm is raging in your life. Yeah. When you lost loved ones. When you lost loved ones. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Trouble in your home. When you got trouble in your home. When you got trouble in your home. Call yeah. Oh, peace. Yeah. his feast yeah praise God amen I want to see some time thank you to every one of you that were involved in our church anniversary this year. We are so grateful for your participation, your prayers, and we certainly want to thank those of you who are involved in our event planning committee. Will you help me thank God for all these precious people? We appreciate you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Let us not be weary in well-doing. There's something called due season. I love that word in the Bible. And when God said, you can count on God due season will come if we don't faint. So whether you cook, whether you clean, whether you invite, whether you pray, whatever you have done this past week, I pray that God will honor you and reward you. Amen. I also want to thank God for those of you that travel to I believe it's Atlanta, Georgia, uh, for my homeboy's conference, Brother T.D. Jakes. And he thinks very highly of this church. And I'm so glad that somebody had the vision to encourage people to go. And they have been blessed, they are enriched, and they came very early in the morning, and many of them are still in church. Amen. We are so proud of you. I believe in training. You always have to explore ways to do better. So please, always look for opportunities like that. Not just these precious ladies, men. Amen. You cannot be head of your house if you don't even know where you're going. So, let's take advantage of opportunities. It's a 
this is a good world God has given us. We just need to take advantage of it. Also, I want to commend all of you that are helping us with our effort to build the youth complex. For those of you that are not aware, we're trying to build a place like, a, like Chuck E. Cheese, where people can come, young people, and have fun, and stay off the street. And this is just a bait to keep them out of jail. And then when we catch that fish, then we have to, to clean them up. Amen. What God is trying to lead us to do, there's, there's not a single church with it in this whole parish. So I'm excited that this church is becoming a pioneer in many areas. So let me encourage you to support what God is doing in this regard. Uh, many of you, you are giving. As the Lord leads you, many of you sent donations. Somebody gave us recently $10,000. Just say this is what God put in my heart. Amen. One deacon was telling me the Lord just prompted him and his wife to give. So the they join what we call the Pastors Club. These are people that I commit myself to see to it that heaven increased them more and more. And many of them give a thousand dollars. And I didn't just ask them to give, I take the lead. If you're a leader, you're not leading anybody. If nobody is following you. So I want to thank God for every one of you. I reviewed that list. Put my hand on them. And say, Lord, these are people who join your servants to make things happen in this community. This is not a facility for me. I'm not a child. All my kids are grown. This is to help our children. Not just in this church, but in the community. Because if you go to the courthouse, then you will see clearly that the jailhouse is packed out with young people. If you hear about killings and, and all kinds of craziness on the street, notice that it's young people. That's their spirit crying out for help. For too long we depend on the school system to do it. But the school system is telling all of us our hands are full. The law enforcement, they don't have the solution. They can only help us to put a bandage on the problem. So I hear the Lord say, Son of man, 
who can I send? And who will go for me? That's when we brought the call to this congregation. The good news and not so good news is that we now know it's going to cost more. It was supposed to be 3.5 million. The last time I checked, now it is 4 million. That's that's the bad news. What's the amount? 4.1. They didn't put 0.1 on it. No, seriously. I'm glad. Thank God for secretaries. They stay on top of those. So, praise the Lord. One thing I do know with common sense is that the longer you delay, the higher. All right? So, we want to start this year. All right? When I say start, I mean construction. As I'm standing right now, we are already taking beads. But we need money. All right? I asked them, how much do we need? Because I'm not an accountant, you know. And they told me that you need 10% down payment because you have to have skin in the game. All right? Well, praise God. I asked our CFO, how much skin do we have? And they told me, they said we have about 185,000. Did I get that number right, Madam Secretary? All right. Praise the Lord. But we need 400,000. You see? So if we go on the rate we are going right now, it will take another two years. So, and by then, the numbers would have so, so I went to the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, this is your church. I didn't bring no church from Africa. This is your problem. And you told me, as long as I'm looking to men of this world, then it will be my problem. But as long as I look to God, God is big enough to pay, pay his bill. So he gave me an idea, and I've talked to your leaders. I congratulate all of our new deacons and deaconesses. Look at God. Amen. So many of them are here. I told them what we need to do. I said, this is what the Lord told me. And the secret is simple. So if you want to start this year, Find out what year your church was founded. And sure enough, I asked my secretary, I said, go do the research. I'm told it was founded in 1925. See, those are not my words. 
Those are the stars. I said, make sure you give me the right information. They say it was 1925. So the Lord said, son of man, tell everyone in your church to plan to contribute $19.25 every month. The very year this church was founded. And if you will contribute $19.25, and I will do the same thing, then we will be able to start the construction this year. So, question, if the Lord is touching your heart to do that, we've already done the calculation with the bankers. They say, if you have that kind of commitment from your members, we can go ahead and start. So, this is a leap of faith. As I'm talking to you, many of your pastors already signed up for it. Because I've talked to them, you know. Many of your deacons have already signed up for it. Many of your deaconesses have already signed up for it. Now I'm telling the whole congregation. So how do you do that? It's very simple. Just call the church office. It's between you and the Lord. Now I've got to confess, your pastor is nosy. No, just pray for me. Because I will be checking the list. <laughs> It's between you and the Lord, but, but I'm his servant. So uh, uh, I say, huh, okay. I see, I see. So please let the Lord use you. Most of us, almost all, can afford $19.25 a month. In fact, I saw one brother. He said, how much will that cost me for a year? By the way, it's only for one year. It's not for eternity. And the total is $321. And he said, let me pay for the whole year now. So I won't have to worry about it. Amen. So, whether you want to do it one time, whether you want to do it monthly, just be faithful to God. And then we will all see the miracle. And we will see in our own lifetime the fruits of our labor. All minds clear? Where I raise my case. Now we are, we are glad to have Brother Jerry Johnson here. Where are you, my brother? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, this this brother is running, and that's your lovely wife. We are grateful for both of you. Thank you for being here. He is going to be running for city council, I believe, in the city of Alexandria. So get to know him, hug him, kiss him, love on him, and please support all all these precious people that God is sending to this church. If you have any question about his belief or what he stands for, it's right there. Just look around with the man with the beard. 
Ah, you're the one. <laughs> All minds clear? One more thing. You see, Pastor is talking today. I love to see people blessed. How you all doing back there? Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to bless somebody this morning. I don't do this too often. In fact, I haven't done it in two years. So it's not a habit. Uh, but there are things that go on behind the scene that you all are not privy to. There is a member of your church, our church. If she doesn't have $3,800 in a few days, her car is gone. All right? I'm not going to give you her name. And my secretary, you are not permitted to release her name, even though you need a new job. <laughs> Confidentiality. So you have to trust me as your man of God. And I'm going to give you and me the opportunity to bless that woman. So I'm going to ask you, ushers, choir, get ready to sing. I know, where's my singing boy? Right? Get them a song. Too. So, and what you're going to give is purely up to you. Our job is to rescue the perishing and care for people that are going through. And every penny you give, every amount you give this morning, will be given directly to that woman. And I'm trusting God to use you and me to set the captives free. All minds clear? Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to be a blessing. We're not going to give grudgingly or out of necessity. You love cheerful giver. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch the hearts of men and women to give. To give. Giving is receiving. Help us to understand kingdom principles. Thank you that we're in a position that our own car is not being repoed. We're not better. It's your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you and I pray that you will bless every giver, that you increase them more and more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give. Sister wife, write a check. Yes, sir. Everybody. Why is going to sing? God bless you, sir. If you believe that there's power in prayer, can you make some noise right there? And clap your hands. Just like these prayers are being answered today, your prayers can be answered too. So clap your hands if you believe that there's power in prayer.
Thank you, worship team. What a blessing. If you have your Bible, I guess I cannot sing today. That's all right. Because of time. Open your Bible to the book of First Corinthians, chapter 1. If you're able to, let me invite you to stand in reference to the Word of God. We are grateful to all of our guests. We appreciate every one of you for being here. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. For the preaching of the cross. That's what we're going to talk about today. The cross. The Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is what? The power of God. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for the cross. Lord, we thank you for all the pain, for all the suffering that you endure on the cross. Holy Spirit, help us to understand that it takes the cross, death on the cross, to secure our salvation. Somebody may be here today and don't know you as their Lord and as their Savior. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to their heart. Glorify yourself in this house. Help me to proclaim this gospel, not only to those who are here, but to everyone in this community. I thank you for harvest. Thank you for souls. I thank you for Christian growth. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion is titled, There is room at the cross for you. Please make sure you get that personally. Not talking about your neighbor. I'm talking about you and me. There is room where at the cross for you and me. In other words, today my assignment is to teach about the cross. I fell in love with this subject many years ago because we have a tradition in predominantly black churches. When you are coming up as a young preacher, you are trained to always preach and take people to the cross. In fact, the school that I come up from, 
you have not preached until you take the people to the cross. And then they teach us how to do it. It don't matter what you're talking about. At some point, you have to tell the whole world, he died until the sun refused to shine. You begin to hoop about it. You tell them, sure enough, he died. And then when you get happy, you say, early Sunday morning. He got up with all power in his hand. Now you're preaching. <laughs> but as a youngster, I always wonder, what is the big deal about this thing called the cross? It was obvious in my coming up that to our kind of church, the cross symbolized the place, the, the route, the avenue through which everyone got saved. Then I came up with, I have to raise children and there are People we call gener Generation Z. If you know anything about that generation, they don't think like most of us. You cannot just tell them he died. You cannot just tell them early Sunday morning. He got up with all power. They're going to look at you as if you're the biggest fool. What they want to know in their generation is why. You say, go wash the dishes. Why? Today, children, you're going to wear white to church. Why? Well, we're all traveling as a family to Shreveport tomorrow. Why? So I noticed Church folks, one of the mistakes and one of the lessons we can learn from this generation is that we know a lot of stories in the Bible, but we don't know why. <laughs> one of my boss wrote a song, he said, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't even know why he sacrifices life. Oh, but I'm glad. <laughs> so Brother Andre, when he wrote that song, he was not relating to this generation. This generation is not going to be glad unless they know why. Ladies and gentlemen, we know a lot of stories. We know about um, Goliath and Daniel. We know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know about prodigal son. We know about the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, all the various stories in the Bible. We know the stories, but we don't know why. 
is it that Jesus came and lived only 33 years? Why is it that his ministry is only for three years? I've been here 26 years. Jesus only preached for three years and he changed the whole world. Why? Why did he die on the cross? Why will the Son of God die such a horrible death, painful death on the cross? Why will a good God, a loving God, allow his own son to be treated like a murderer. Why? Why is he watching all these bad people strip him down? Beat him so bad. Blood everywhere. Now the creatures can watch and laugh and say, ha, 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 ha. He called himself the son of God. And his father was standing by, just watching. I notice also, not only did he die on the cross, if you see an average bishop today, usually you see them wearing a chain. Guess what is at the end of that chain? A cross. So I'm asking the question, why? Like Generation Z, I was just curious. I want to know. Even the other day, I was watching the television. The president of the United States, uh, on 60 Minutes, they were questioning him and talking to him about the, the country. And then they talked about the cross, that he has a habit of going around with the cross, crucifix, in his pocket. And he said, I still got it. And he brought it out. Why? A grown man. He got all, all the secret service there to protect him. But that's not good enough. He need a crucifix in his pocket. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if any man will come after me, deny yourself, pick up something. What is that thing? The cross and follow me. What is it about this thing called the cross? He said, pick up your cross. He didn't say, pick up your Cadillac. I say amen to that. <laughs> he didn't say, pick up your Bentley. He said, pick up your cross. So how in the world did Jesus end up on the cross? You need to know that. The Lord sent me to tell you there's room at the cross for you and me. And
and we know that Jesus died on the cross. Why? Well, the story and the explanation is given in the word of God. In the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verse 5, you see what happened. Basically, you know Israel just set free from Egypt land. Am I right about it? We find Egypt left behind. Israel going to their promised land. But while they were going, something happened. Guess what happened? They ran out of bread. Guess what happened? They ran out of water. Then guess what happened? The people began to speak against the preacher, Moses. Guess what else? The people began to speak against God. Many of you are not blessed today because you're talking about your pastor. (laughs) The Bible is not complicated. How will you be talking against somebody who God sent into your life to watch for your soul? To me, it's like saying, I'm sick and tired of what you gave me, God. Because he said, I will give you a pastor after my own heart. So now you're saying, I'm sick and tired of what God gave me. Not just a pastor. Some of you are saying to God, I'm sick and tired of the job you gave me. Some of you will say, I'm sick and tired of the spouse you gave me. Some people will even tell God, I'm sick and tired of the children you gave me. Some of you will say to God, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being single. So what you are seeing in the Bible is not unique to Israel alone. Many of us are doing this every day. Have you ever blessed somebody with your own heart and money and they don't even appreciate what you did? That's what's going on. It was God who brought them out of Egypt. They couldn't save themselves. It was God who opened the Red Sea. They couldn't help themselves. Now they are complaining against the same God and talking about God's man, the same Moses who had to raise the rod in order for them to walk through. People will say, I'm sick and tired of this car. And they forgot a few years ago they had no car. Israel was ungrateful. Israel was unthankful. They were murmuring. They were complaining. Then you see God's reaction in Numbers 21, verse number 6. God, not the devil. God sent a snake to bite all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. See, God is good, God is great, but 
keep him up. God sent a, a fiery serpent to bite them. And guess what? They were falling and dying. It got so bad, they came to Moses, the preacher. They said, Moses, we now got it. We have sinned. I guess so. When you look around and your neighbor is on the floor, you look beside, you see a bunch of people. Everybody on, on your pews, the row you're sitting there, they're all on the floor. You say, oh, Lord. We have seen. Ladies and gentlemen, they asked Moses to pray for them. I can stop them preaching that because you need to take note that throughout Moses' ministry, as a pastor of those people, he found himself constantly praying for the same people that dug him. Many people, they are not ready for ministry. Many times, preachers will come to me and say, why are you still loving that person? He don't like you. This is what he said about you. This is what he did. But a true man of God, a true woman of God, you have to have the heart to pray and love those people who dug you. I don't believe you see me. I wish I have time to share with you. Moses, one time, he decided to get married like any other man. Then he married a black woman from my neighborhood. Mm. <laughs> black women are beautiful. <laughs> Say amen to that. <laughs> Moses. You know I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Moses married a black sister. Oh, but look at all these player haters. He want to marry. Can't find nobody but a black woman. Even Moses' sister was upset about it. Guess what God did? Oh, I wish I can preach this sometime. I wish I can take you out and get you two Popeye chicken uh, diet coke. Oh. <laughs> I can testify because God sent leprosy to every one of those player hiccups. Be careful. How you talk about men and women of God. God will defend his servant. God will protect his servant. He know what he's saying when he said, touch not my anointing. Do my prophets no harm. I'm trying to help somebody. And I got to say to all of you pastors out there. When people are talking about you, be careful how you react. <laughs> you know why? Because 
God may need you to pray for the same people. And you cannot pray when your heart is full of bitterness and hatred. I wish I can tell you many times in my own household. And everybody would say, no, we're not going to do that. Because of this, I said, no, we are doing it. Why? Because they're God's children. You are not fit to be a minister until you learn to love everybody. Oh, no man, anything but love. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because they had a change of heart and they asked the pastor to pray for them, Moses did pray. And then you see in Numbers 21, verse 8, God answered the preacher's prayer. And God gave them a formula how they're going to get out of trouble. God instructed the pastor. He said, make you a serpent. Set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass. Anyone that is beaten by the... If they will only look, they shall live. Oh, I can stop here and hoop all day. But I got to go to the cross. <laughs> the Bible said, anyone that has been beaten by the snake, if they will look up the pole and see that serpent, they shall leave. I'm tempted to ask you a question. Have you been beaten by life? I don't know about you. I know what it is to be beaten by a snake. Natural snake. Spiritual snake. Pythons in the church house. But you say, okay, how does that fit? What does that have to do with the cross? Well, that pole is symbolic of the cross. And then you get to the New Testament. God said in the book of St. John, chapter 3, verse 14, he said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man have. The Son of God, he will be lifted up. And the next verse, John chapter 3, verse 15, he said, And whosoever will believe him, that person will have everlasting life. And then you read the next verse, John 3, 16. For God. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that 
whosoever will believe in him, they will not have any trouble anymore. They will have what we call everlasting life. Jesus is saying to his disciples, do you really want to know why I came to this world? Do you really want to know why I had to die on the cross? I didn't come here so that you can eat food. Although I fed you 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. But that's not why I came. He said, I didn't come to heal the sick. Although I enjoy doing it because I'm a compassionate God. But that's not the real reason why I came. He said, I know your sermon raised the dead. I know your sermon feed hungry souls. I know your sermon at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. But I'm not here to make wine for you all. The real reason why I came. He said, I may, I may die on the cross. And he said, if I died on the cross, then every one of us, I like the way you put it, Brother Dickie, then and only then can we get glory out of his story. It's all about the cross. Everything else is secondary. So Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 12, verse 24, he said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and God it abided alone. But if it falls to the ground and die, then it can bring forth. Let me take a side journey and help somebody. The reason why many people are still struggling financially is because you go to the store, you buy a bag of seed, but you kept it in your pocket. You sting yourself. And guess what will happen to those seed? They will die in your pocket. But if you let it fall to the ground, It will bring forth much fruit. Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, I have to die. This is the reason why I come. If you remember, Peter even tried to stop him. Peter said, oh no. Reverend, you're not going to die. Jesus said, get thee behind me. He called Peter Satan. Am I still in the book? The truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, the way up is to go down. Most life experience comes through death experience. The reason why many of you are still ordinary 
is because you never die. If nothing in you never die, nothing in you will ever leave. Are you, are you listening to me? The truth be told, when you start praying for more, when you start praying for abundance, you may be praying for trouble without knowing it. You may be praying for death. The more you die in one area, the more, ladies and gentlemen, you will live in other areas. Today I pray that everything that is hindering your growth will die. Everything that is preventing you from reaching your destiny, may it all die. The more you die in one area, the more you will live in other areas. I pray that your pride, your arrogance, I'm talking about me too now. I pray it will all die. Your dependence on others, thinking you're not going to make it without them. Where are these people when God made you? Pray all those spiritual wickedness die. Your desire for recognition. You want to be the boss. You need a title. You want to be the HNIC. I pray every one of those spirits will die in you. So that the real man, the real woman of God will come forth. In the name of Jesus. You know what I'm trying to tell you? I wish I had time to break it down. You cannot be glorified until you're crucified. That's why I always tell you, you see the glory. But you don't know the story. It is crucifixion. I'm not surprised when in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, after Jesus had died, then God said, God has highly exalted him. The exaltation came after crucifixion. God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. And now the name of Jesus. Every name was bowed. That's what the Bible means. In John chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus is speaking. He said, you see death, but it's really life. The cross is not a place of just dying. It's a passage through. Then he said, if I be lifted up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> what did he say he'll do? So what is the message? 
Christ is lifted up on the cross so that you and me may have eternal life. God sent me to tell everybody there is room at the cross for you and me. You see, historically, oh, I wish I had more time. Historically, the use of the cross started in Persia. Those folks there, they used cross. India, China, long before Jesus was born, they used the cross to kill people, to punish people. Ladies and gentlemen, the way you die, when if you, they put you on the cross, first they, it's three things, you know. First they torture you and beat the crap out of you. After they torture you so much, then they hang you up and then you're gasping for hair. And then the heat eventually will kill you. And it takes about two to seven days, depending on how strong you are. But eventually, you will die. It's a very painful death. It's a very horrible death. Then the Romans, you remember the Romans, they're the one that conquered Israel. They conquered Jerusalem. They adopted that way of killing people. That's how Jesus got on the cross. The cross, ladies and gentlemen, is an instrument of Jesus' suffering, Jesus' death for you and me. It's also the instrument of our salvation. Somebody put it this way, say, at the cross, at the cross. That's where I first saw the light. And the burden of my heart roll away. It was there. By faith, I received what? My sight. In other words, we were blind until the cross. It was there. By faith, I received my son. Guess what the result? Now, I am happy every day. You see me, I go on TV every day. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. And then people are stopping me. Why are you always happy? It was there. On the cross, by faith, I receive my sight. And now I'm happy. Every day. Let me help somebody. Christians, nations, guess what they do with the cross now? They turn an instrument of death to a symbol of Christianity. So everywhere you go now, if there's Christianity in town, the 
You see, every now and then you hear me pray that God will turn around everything the devil meant for evil in your life. The cross, maybe you're going through something now. The good news is that you're not going to stay on the cross forever. You are going through the cross. I don't know what is going on in your life. I don't know what question you want an answer on. I don't know where, what area of your life the devil is tormenting you. But you know you're knowing Jesus did not stay on the cross. And whatever you're going through right now, these two shall pass. Hallelujah. So I want you to consider believing the cross of Jesus Christ. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring you in through the cross. Amen. Through the cross, God is drawing all men unto himself. The question today, have you been to the cross? He said, if any man will come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow him, and follow him daily. Jesus on that cross is the cure for all of our mess up. And believe me when I tell you, all of us got to mess up. If Holy Spirit will open our secret closet. You'll be surprised what's in it. Ladies and gentlemen, so I want us to do just like that thief on the other cross. You know, there were three of them, you know. Am I still in the book? And you know, one of them began to run his mouth. I thought you said you're a magic walker. I thought you said you're a... a a son of God. If you are a son of God, if you have all those power, why don't you save yourself and save us too? But there's another thief there. He said, wait a minute. Shut up! You know we deserve to die. We messed up. But this guy, this guy here, he's done no wrong. He's committed no crime. He is the son of God. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And you remember, I don't have time to walk you through it. But Jesus said to that man, that's right, not tomorrow, today, I will see you you will be with me in paradise. Can I be brutally honest with you? This is where I, I, I become unfiltered. The first person that make it with Jesus to heaven is a thief. Look at your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. From the pulpit to the pew. 
And all you need to do today, because a lot of people that are talking to you, they're Christian. By the way, my, my, my wife is telling me to sit down. So, all of those holy rollers trying to tell you how to dress, criticizing you because you got tattoo on your body, trying to talk about your makeup, trying to talk about your hairdo, trying to talk about what they think is right and wrong. Tell all of them, shut up in Jesus' name. But like that fever on the cross, say, Lord, remember me. I know I'm not perfect. I know I don't get it right. But God is standing by. And he will give you another chance, another chance, another chance, another chance. I got to stop. Everybody stand to your feet. I wonder how many people will say today, yes, I thank God there's room at the cross for me. I want to receive that salvation. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want him to be the Lord of my life. Can I, can I really help somebody today? Don't ignore all these people. When you are sick, none of them can heal you. Are you listening to me? If you are really in crisis, none of them can bail you out. Nobody but Jesus. But if you are here, you say, Pastor, yeah, I can do better. Or, Pastor, I want to stand in the gap for my children. You know your children more than anybody. You know what area of your life the devil is trying to mess with you. But there is room at the cross for every one of us. If you're that man, if you're that woman, you know, I'm going to ask you to do three things. Number one, God said all of us have to repent. When I ask you to come to the front, you see, he said it. He said, if you confess me before men and women of this world, I will confess you before my father. It takes true repentance. Not, oh, who is looking at me? Oh, who is rolling their eye? Forget them. The Lord deliver me from all that mess. Position yourself for the move of God, for God to use you. Stand in the gap for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren. Find your way to the altar. I want to pray with you right quick. Somebody else is coming.
somebody said, though millions have come, there's still room for one. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for the cross this morning, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you that all our sins was carried to the cross, Lord. Father, we thank you for that blood that covers us right now, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus this morning, Lord. Thank you for the blood this morning, Lord. There's power in your blood this morning. Lord, we thank you for the blood this morning. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. That Jesus said when he went to that cross, it is all finished. Finished for you and our healing, our deliverance. Father, all that was at the cross. Lord, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father. There may be one out here, Father, that hadn't looked up at the cross right now, hadn't looked up to see that Jesus had died for their sins. Lord, we pray right now that you would touch them in a mighty way, Lord. Open up their hearts to receive Jesus this morning. Lord, realize it, Father, when we receive Jesus, we receive all that we need, Lord. Everything that we need is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you, Father, for setting us free with the blood of Jesus. This morning. Through the cross, all is set free right now, Lord. We thank you for it right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Had 10,000 tongues. We couldn't thank you enough, Lord. We thank you for the man of God, Father, that brought the cross to us this morning. Continue to bless him, Lord. Build him up. Fill him up again, Lord, for the next service. Lord, we just thank you for the blood right now. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that it's all finished, Lord. We thank you right now. And as we commune this morning, Lord, remembering all that Christ has done for us, Lord, we just want to say thank you. All over the building said thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, Lord. Couldn't save myself, but I thank you for the cross this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. And we give you all the honor. We give you the praise right now, all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's prepare our heart to receive the Holy Communion. I want to thank God for all the deaconesses for preparing the table. I pray that every one of you have received on your way here today. And I want you to know the power of God is in this place. The choir will begin to sing. The blood will never lose its power. Prepare your heart. You may be seated. Prepare your heart. Prepare your heart.
First Corinthians, Apostle Paul wrote, he said, I'm going to give you that which I've received from the Lord. He said, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he did three things. And that's what I want to pray about. What did Jesus do? He took the bread. Secondly, he broke it. And thirdly, he gave it. My prayer for you today is very simple. That God will take you to his side. Can I get an amen? amen. We're making progress. Secondly, I pray that he will broke it. He cannot use you until he breaks you. Can I get an amen? amen? Not everybody can say amen to that. I know what it is to be broke. The third thing he did, he gave it up. After he has broken, then he will release you. To be a blessing to your generation. That's my prayer for you this morning. I pray that this house 
will be a center of people who God take and break and release them to the world. There are many of you trying to do the work of the ministry, but you're not qualified because you have not been broken. But there's room at the cross for every one of us. Allow God to use you. Allow God. He's the potter. He's the, you declare. Let him mold you. Let him shape you. Let him release you to the world. God will amplify your voice that you can reach nations. That you can touch your community. That your name will be mentioned and people will see the favor of God upon your life. Thank you, Jesus, for being a perfect example. Not only did you break the bread, you also were broken. And God released you into the world. Lord, we say thank you for the bread. Thank you for the cup. We do this in remembrance of you. For everyone that had illness, sickness, disease in their body, Lord, you are broken, you are bruised, that we might be healed. By your stripe, we are healed. We decree and we declare right now, healing in this house. Deliverance in this house. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we eat and drink? I want to say thank you for your presence in this house. I pray that God will continue to lead you and guide you and bless you coming in and bless you going out. This is my prayer for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're looking for a church home while people are leaving, please feel free to come. The pastor and his wife is waiting want to receive you to this great church. New members, come forward. New believers, come forward.